0: Welcome to the UMMC Bible Study Podcast, a podcast produced with students at UMMC. My name is Tim Chen, and I'm a former graduate of the UMC Medical School. Currently, I'm a family physician practicing in Mississippi. The goal of our podcast is to help our students and their families grow closer with the Lord and stronger in their faith and walk with God. With the rigors of school, it can be difficult to spend time with the Lord as well as fellowship with other believers. We hope that this podcast uplifts you during this challenging time and encourages you in your journey with God. Welcome back to the UMMC Bible Study Podcast. Thanks for giving us some of your time today. Today we are getting into yet another awesome passage in Romans 8. I feel like every week I say this, and then the next week the Lord reveals something just as amazing. I've got Christian again with me, and I can say that while today's subject might be basic, I believe the Bible has much more to say than what we've been traditionally taught. Christian, before we start, do you want to give us a recap of what we've been in so far in the book of Romans, specifically Romans 7 and 8?
1: Yeah, I've been really enjoying getting into Romans, and uh, recently we've been in Romans 7 and 8, and Romans 7 was Paul talking about his experience, his struggle, right? I think we had pointed out the struggle there of of someone trying to do good according to his flesh. And that resulted in a very uncomfortable situation because he wasn't able to do it, right? I think we talked previously before, there was this, he describes it a very interesting way with the law of God and the law of good in him, trying to fulfill the law of God, but not being able to do so because of the law of sin and death that was also operating in his flesh. But then we finally get to chapter 8, and he opens with, now then there is no condemnation, for the law of the spirit of life has freed me in Christ Jesus. And from there, Romans 8 is just so incredibly rich. I think we touched a little bit about the spirit of God and the spirit of Christ in the spirit of the one who raised Jesus from the dead, this one, he's just, he wants to give life even to our mortal bodies. So um, I think that's about where we got up to.
0: Amen, Christian. I really like how you brought up that the triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit wants to dwell in us. This really is his intention from the very beginning. And I think we saw from last week's pod that this truth is crucial for our Christian life. If we realize that God wants to dwell in us, that he wants to make his home in our heart, and not only so, he wants to express himself out from us, then the Christian life actually becomes possible. In ourselves, in our flesh, we cannot please God. We cannot achieve God's holy living, and we cannot accomplish God's eternal purpose. But Romans 8 shows us that it's not a matter of effort, but of source. Who is living? Who's on the throne in our heart? Once we see this, then what Jesus went through makes sense. Our purpose on the earth makes sense. Well, today we are continuing on in Romans 8, verses 14 through 17. I'm going to go ahead and read them. 14. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you do not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we also may be glorified with him. Now, these are some awesome verses. But what we want to focus on is this matter of being sons of God. Christian, I'm going to give you the floor. What is Paul talking about here when he says, we are sons of God?
1: I just, I love the word and what the word says here. The word is really laying out some, some divine truths for us that are really rich and can really uplift our experience of the Lord. Here it talks about that we are sons of God and even that the Spirit himself witnesses with our spirit that we are children of God. And then it also talks about, um, my version says that we have received a spirit of sonship in which we cry, Abba, Father. So I think there's a lot here to be (laughs) unpacked by us.
0: Yeah, Christian, I actually like your translation a bit better. Because when I read verse 15 and this matter of adoption, it doesn't quite match the spiritual revelation revealed in the Bible that was seen in, say, the book of John. I think if you look at it from the context of this chapter, our relationship with God isn't just a legal thing. For example, it's not like God went to court and now he is legally adopting us. Or it's not just in name only like, you know, you're my son because you spend a lot of time at my house. You hang out with my kid all the time, so you're practically my son. No, but rather, I think this phrase, spirit of adoption, actually speaks more toward God's attitude. He wants sons. He wants children. He has a spirit, a deep desire of wanting children. And not just children in a legal sense or a nomenclature sense, but he wants children that share his life. This reminds me of John chapter 3, where the Lord was talking to Nicodemus. And in verse 3, the Lord told him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born anew, he cannot see the kingdom of God. This was truly puzzling to Nicodemus. In fact, he was trying to figure out what in the world the Lord was talking about. How do I get back into my mother's womb? How do I shrink down or find a time machine? But the Lord said something mysterious in verse 6. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. The Lord here is talking about being born again. And this implies what? A life connection. This is deeper than name only and definitely deeper than just legal right. The Lord here is saying you have to be born of God and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Looks like you're about to burst, Christian, so go ahead.
1: I think we really need to talk more about this. I have a lot of feeling about we're not just sons in like some, maybe some legal sense or adopted sense, the word is very clear. We are children of God and it's 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 because there's a life relationship. We've been born of the Spirit. You had mentioned John 3. I want to give John chapter 1, verse 12 and 13. But as many as received him, to them he gave the authority to become children, uh, children of God to those who believe into his name, who were begotten, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God." So when we believed and we received him, we actually became children of God. I even want to bring out 1 John chapter 3. Again, the Apostle John, he's just, he's, he also wanted to really emphasize this. Behold what manner of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God. And we are. Because of this, the world does not know us, because it did not know Him. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been manifested what we will be. We know that if he is manifested, we will be like him because we will see him even as he is. So the word is very clear. And I have to amen the word, even if I might not feel like it. But when I believed, when you believed, we genuinely became children of God. Okay, There was a, a regeneration that happened. There was a, a birth. That happened there, right? A new life entered into our being. The divine life entered into our spirit specifically. So I think this will, if we really see this and really start to enjoy this, this can be really, really revolutionary.
0: Yes, Christian. I want to add another section that is essentially adding to this burden, and that is in John 20. This is where the Lord had already been crucified and was resurrected. And the disciples and Mary came to try and find the body. And Mary stayed and was weeping, and the Lord appeared to her, and of course, she finally recognized him. And when she did, she was so excited. But I just want to read this verse here in John 20:17. Jesus said to her, Do not touch me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I ascend to my Father, and your Father, and my God, and your God. And I believe this is the first time in the Bible where the Lord refers to God as your Father. In the Old Testament, Solomon, David, Noah, all their interactions were very much between a creature and a creator. They worshipped him as the almighty God of the universe. And we should. He deserves all the praise, and he is worthy of all the praise. But in the New Testament, there is a progression. Prior to the Lord's death and resurrection, the closest the disciples got to Jesus was friend. But here, after the work that Jesus accomplished, he now refers to the disciples as brothers. And he introduces this amazing truth that God's relationship to the believers is now more than a creator with his creature, even more than eternal God and finite man. But now he is our father. And not just legally, not just in name only, but in life. We are born again and we now share his life. Hallelujah.
1: I'll just add from uh, John chapter 20, after verse 17 and verse 22, the Lord, he appears to them, right? In a closed, well, first he appears to them in a closed room, which is like a miracle in and of itself. But he says this in verse 22. And when he had said this, he breathed into them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. So, you know, I don't know if we've touched on this before, but the Lord went through such a marvelous process, right? He came to the earth. He became a man. The infinite God became a man. He lived on earth for 33 and a half years. And then he died, was in the, in the ground for three days. And then he resurrected. And in John 14, the Lord says, I am sending to you the spirit of reality. So here the Lord He says he breathed into them the Holy Spirit. And in this form, in this way, God has finally reached man with his divine life, right? Because of all the process that, that the Lord Jesus went through. Now there's an open channel, you see, there's that, the life-giving spirit, it's gotten to man, and and now today, that's the reality today. We have, we've access. you know, when we've believed into this one, we received this, this spirit into us, and it is, I don't know, the source, the fountain of life that we have. So, anyway, I, I'm, I'm very excited about this.
0: I'm really excited too, Christian. And this actually ties back perfectly to Romans 8, 15, and 16. When we believed, the Lord breathed into us as well. And we received the Spirit as well. But we didn't receive a spirit of slavery. Based on Romans 7, we didn't receive a spirit that put us back under the law again. But rather, we received the Spirit that made us sons. That made God our Father. But not only our Father from an authoritative standpoint, but our Abba Father. And this phrase is so sweet and intimate. God is our Abba Father. And from the Greek phrase, this is a very personal phrase. This is not like me being afraid to tell my dad that I failed the test. But this is like sitting in your dad's lap as a child, telling your dad about all that's going on in your life. It's that type of an intimate, close relationship. And this is the type of relationship that our father is looking for. It's truly amazing.
1: Praise the Lord for this this gem in the word, you know. How, how else will we know that we really have such a relationship with our Abba Father, right? Here in Romans 8:15 it says we have a spirit of sonship in which we cry Abba Father, and then also in um in Galatians chapter 4 and you, you were talking about we're not under the law anymore. And in the whole book of Galatians, Paul is just, just fighting. Like, <laughs> why are you under the law again? But I just really want to read Galatians 4, 5, and 6, 5, 6, and 7. That he might redeem those under law, that we might receive the sonship. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba Father so then you're no longer a slave but a son and if a son and heir also through God I don't think I even realize enough yet I have enjoyed this matter of Abba Father like wow like it's actually I've heard it's like it's a it's a very endearing term like Abba it's like uh, it's like calling daddy you know, in the original Greek, it's amazing. The word just opens up that we have such a relationship with our, uh, with our Heavenly Father.
0: That's just so good, Christian. This theme is throughout the entire Bible, and I really like how you brought in Galatians 4, six. Let me read it again. And because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our heart, crying, Abba, Father, I appreciate that His Son is in our heart, that He is the one crying, Abba, Father. And we join Him. We also cry out to our wonderful Father. And I love how this verse connects back to Romans 8.16. This Spirit in our heart is crying out, Abba, Father. This Spirit is also witnessing with our spirit that indeed we are children of God. Praise the Lord. Some days we might not feel like a son. We might feel like we aren't worthy to be called God's son because of our failure, because of our unfaithfulness to him, but praise him, his spirit is witnessing with our spirit that we are children of God, not in name only, not even legally, but in life. And what proof do we have of that? The spirit in our heart crying out, Abba Father. When we're stuck in a difficult situation, when we're faced with an impossible decision, When we're being stretched to the max in med school or clinicals or step one, his spirit is in us crying out, Abba, Father. And we can also cry out with him, Abba, Father. How sweet. Anything you want to add, Christian, as we close another wonderful podcast?
1: Praise the Lord that he has done all these wonderful things for us, not only to solve our problem of sin and sins, but to make us genuine sons, genuine children of God and that we can c- cry out Abba Father to our, our Heavenly Father and not in some legalistic or in some some way where we're afraid of Him, some, some disciplinary way, but in such a sweet way. A, a Father who is there with open arms to, to receive us when when we turn back. Praise Him.
0: Amen, Christian. We'll leave it there. I hope you guys have a wonderful week. I really enjoyed meeting all of you guys at our Bible study and hope to see you guys weekly. I hope you guys enjoy your birthright this week, that you are truly children of God and you have a wonderful Abba Father. Y'all take care and have a great week. Whose
2: heart is full of love toward us his heart is so great and his love is so unlimited even when we sin, we can always come back to him this is our father's great love toward us we just need to repent In His loving arms we were meant This is our Father's great love toward us Oh, we have a Father whose heart is full of love toward us His heart is so great and His love is so unlimited can always come back to Him This is our Father's great love Toward us Oh, we just need to repent In His loving arms we were meant This is our Father's great love Toward us Even when we sin We can always come back to Him This is our Father's great love toward us